Man, it has been a minute, but welcome back to the show. Wanted to put a quick little episode out for this week um, as we start the quote-unquote summer break for IndyCar racing. Um, It's been a busy couple of weeks just for me um, with some work stuff um, and trying to get to as many short track races on the weekends as possible. Um, So, just been busy. Um, We just wrapped up Mid-Ohio on July 4th weekend with IndyCar um, and I want to talk about that, talk about my experience, my first time going to mid Ohio. Um, and then want to talk about what's coming down the pipeline. And I think during this break, I want to get a couple of people in to talk about silly season. I think we're going to have some dominoes fall before we get to Nashville with that. But it's one of those things. Everybody loves to speculate and throw ideas around. And I think I'm going to grab a couple people um, who I've met via um, Twitter or out at the racetrack or a couple of my friends um, and just get a bunch of different perspectives. I think it's fun to kind of dream up ideas and think about what could make sense. And this year, there's not going to be a ton. I mean, I think there will be some movement, but there may not be a ton of movement like we think there's going to be. So we'll see. I'm going to kind of think on how I want to do that, but I think there's a lot to talk about there. But um, I want to talk about where we're at in the season so far, first and foremost, um, with everything. And I put a tweet out a couple days ago of my five um, kind of uh, my top five driver, IndyCar drivers of the 2021 season so far. Um, And atop the list, I have the two young guns who are going for the championship, Alex Pillow and Pato Award. Um, I think it goes without saying that these have been arguably the two best drivers Um, when it has counted all year, I think McLaren still is kind of in the process of getting their plan kind of fully, um, unraveled, but, um, you know, they're there, they're fighting for wins and fighting for podiums. Um, and they have a very, very good car underneath Pato award. Um, and Chip Ganassi racing is just firing on all cylinders right now. Um, and I would say, I would, I think the, the 10 car, has been the most consistent car with Alex Pillow, and I think he's done an excellent job of just executing and doing um, exactly what he needs to do to win a championship. Um, but I heard a good point today um, listening to a podcast about the rest of the season, and I didn't think about this until recently, but the final three tracks Pillow has not been to. Um, he's not been to Portland not been to Laguna Seca, at least in race conditions. I think he's tested at Laguna Seca. Um, and he's not been to um, Long Beach. Those are three tracks that are going to be brand new to him in, in race form. Um, and I don't think he's going to have a problem adapting to it. But for some of these guys who have done races at those tracks, they're going to have an advantage. Um, Long Beach is the one that I think is going to be the biggest um, kind of question mark because it is the final race, which I think adds a lot of storylines. Um, I realistically think that unless Marcus Erickson goes on a ridiculous tear, which we're going to talk about Marcus Erickson a little later, I think it's going to come down to these top four on who's going to win the championship. And I think um, the consistency factor that Polo has had and the the good results award had at the beginning of the season, I think are going to keep those two as the front runners going into the rest of the season. I think they're both good enough to adapt, but it was a worth, you know, no, no worthy topic because everybody else has been to those tracks. 
um, in the top five of the points. But yeah, so going back to my list of my top five drivers of 2021 so far, Pato Award, Alex Pillow right at the top. Next one, um, Renus VK. I think Renus has absolutely pushed Ed Carpenter Racing into a whole new level of competitiveness this year. Um, and I really, really hope that if Ed is smart, he gets him signed as soon as possible. Obviously, Renus is going to want to see what options are out there. But if Ed can offer him the money and he can get some budget behind him, I think that that kid could be the future of that team and pushing that team to the next level. He's young enough. He's got plenty of time. Signing another two-year deal with Ed Carpenter Racing doesn't totally count him out of going to a better team later on. And, you know, the rumor was he was going to Penske for a while. I, if I'm Renus VK, I'm not going to Penske. Not in the current state. I just don't I, – I, there's too much going on, um, you know, with their poor performance two Mays in a row. Well, May and August. Um, at the Indy 500, I mean, not not good performances other than Simon Paginode's late race charge this year. Um, you know, lackluster qualifying this year and last year. Um, and struggling to win a race this year and not having mechanical gremlins. We have not seen anybody have more mechanical gremlins this year than Team Penske. So I think that being said, I think Renus needs to stay put. I think it's good for his long-term career, and it will look really good on him to, you know, kind of give back to Ed after Ed's really given him his big shot. Um, you know, Joseph kind of picked up and left shop. I think it would mean a lot to Ed to have Renus, who Ed's invested in, stick around for another couple years at minimum um, to help push that team. And he's not going to have a better Indy 500 car than Ed Carpenter racing, unless he goes to Ganassi, which I don't think that's going to happen either. And we'll talk about that in the silly season episode, but, um, yeah, Renus VK has been super impressive, has had, um, some podiums, um, his first win, which was awesome. He's easily in my top five. I think he's been extremely impressive this year. And I've seen a lot of growth in Renus just in one, season of IndyCar racing under his belt. So very, very good to see Renus VK doing well. Fourth, I have Marcus Erickson. Marcus this year, I think, is the best we have seen Marcus Erickson. And Marcus Erickson's been easily, if not the most consistent driver, one of the most consistent drivers in the paddock as far as where he's finishing. Um, he put on a late race charge at Mid-Ohio. And if we're, I, I believe if we had another lap or two, Maybe, you know, everybody's saying five laps, ten laps. I think another lap or two difference, and that's Erickson's race to win. Um, I think he had the better car. I thought he had the better car all weekend. I said I did not think Joseph Newgarden had the best car. Um, and, you know, it showed late in the race. And that's the second second time we've seen Joseph Newgarden have a dominant car and really start to fall off in the final stint at the end. And I think that's noteworthy as we get towards the end of the championship is to kind of keep that in the back of our head. But Marcus Erickson gets his first win at Detroit. I thought that was a deserving win, despite the circumstances with Will Power. We could debate that all day long. Marcus, I still think, would have got to Will because Marcus is very, very good at being conservative, and I think that's something that a lot of people sleep on with Marcus Erickson. So now he's got the win. He's got a few podiums, and I think we're in for another Ganassi force that's going to be running for wins next year and running for the championship. I don't know if he can get it done this year. I think he's pretty much got to win out the rest of the season to have a shot at the championship. And he's got to hope that his teammate and arguably the hottest prospect in IndyCar in the last several years and Pato Award 
he's got to hope both of them have a really crappy last six races in order for him to, I think, really get up there and be in the mix. But he's in for his best result ever um, in the IndyCar series. So good to see Marcus Erickson, Formula One veteran, having good success in IndyCar. Finally, I this guy, I just think the story is incredible. Um, and I think I, I have some explaining to do personally on this, but um, Roman Grosjean, um, or Roman Grosjean, however you want to pronounce it, um, apologies for that. F1 says it one way, NBC says it one way, and Kevin Lee says it one way on trackside, so we'll just go with Roman Grosjean, um, because that's how it's, he's pronounced on the F1 broadcast. So, um, this guy, to me, has been, like, it's impressive what Polo and, and Award have done, but they're both young guys, and we, we expect the young guys and the young crop to be good. Um, I did not expect Grosjean to do what he has done so far in IndyCar, and I think we are witnessing something that, you know, running at the back at Formula One doesn't show, and that's talent. Um, and I think running in a bad car in Formula One really, really blocks a lot of your talent, um, and we're seeing that with Grosjean. The guy can absolutely wheel a race car. Um, I saw it at Mid-Ohio, I saw it at the Indy GP, and I've seen it in every race this year. He is running consistently in the top 10 in a Dale Coin racing car. He is outrunning their top car. He is the sec- in the secondary car, and he's beating Ed Jones most weeks, um, and he's faster than Ed Jones. He's made, I don't know how many, um, you know, he's gotten out of the first round of qualifying almost every time. Um, he's got a pole at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He has a podium at IMS, and that's another track that we're going to later this season, and he was good. If the strategy was different, that is his race, and he would have dominated that race. Um, but I was very wrong about Grosjean, and I was worried. Um, and and I'll kind of explain my, my thinking and, and kind of what I've kind of figured out with Roman Grosjean, kind of why I felt the way I felt. Um, I was worried he was going to be a weapon. I felt like he was really aggressive in F1, and push that Haas to places that that Haas was not capable of going, um, and therefore causing wrecks and causing accidents. Um, but I realize now that if you look at Haas, both him and Kevin Magnussen both struggled in that car the last two years they were there. The first early years of Haas, that was a really strong car, and Grosjean was one of the first guys to get into the Haas car and, you know, that's where he competed for several, several years. And the Haas car was good when it, you know, it was looking like it was going up. Um, but I think as time went on, you know, Grosjean was used to driving more of a midfield car. And going to the back, you get frustrated. And I think the racer in him and the racer in Magnuson, two guys who we knew were good drivers, um, I think it got to him. And I think they pushed that car harder than it was capable of being driven and therefore causing a lot of, um, you know, issues because they weren't on pace. I mean, other than with Williams, they were not on pace with anybody on the Formula One grid. Um, So, and we're seeing that with Haas this year. They are the worst team on the grid. It doesn't even, like, Williams is is significantly better than they are. Um, And they have precious Mick Schumacher and he who shall not be named. So... Um, I just think I was wrong about Grosjean. I thought he was going to be kind of somebody that was going to be a problem, but he's been the opposite of that. He's been a ton of fun to watch. He's grown 
Um, I'm definitely a fan of his, and I'm happy to admit that I was very, very wrong about how his IndyCar career was going to go. Um, and he's a big puzzle piece for Silly Season, and what he decides to do and where he decides to go is going to be another big domino to fall in Silly Season if he doesn't stay with Dale Coyne Racing. So, um, yeah, big Roman Grosjean guy. I'm on the hype train. I'm all about it. I love the content that he's putting out every day on social media. Um, he's got his YouTube channel. It's all great for the sport, and it's great for him. And he's he's a very, very good character and a good positive character to have in the sport at a time when we're growing. Um, so he's my number number five on that list. No particular order, but that's the top five guys who I think have been most impressive so far this season as far as IndyCar goes. So, yeah, Mid-Ohio, Joseph Newgarden snaps the Penske streak, um, and it was kind of dominant. I sat in the S's um, at Mid-Ohio um, my first time there. Loved the track, loved the event. We'll definitely be back next year. Um, very, very easy drive from Indianapolis. But I think it's noteworthy that um, kind of those first two-lap incidents, I think, were completely avoidable instance, or incidents on multiple fronts and I think probably would have maybe changed the race a little bit. Um, Hunter Ray and Hinch, I mean, we've all seen the article that's been produced that Michael Andretti is expecting a shakeup there next year. Um, no surprise, but... I just thought it was ironic that the race after that article gets posted, those two get into each other, which is just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I think that's just very weird. Um, but the power versus Dixon thing, power had the run. Dixon, I think, crossed him really, really well. And then they go into that the, the uphill turn on the S's, and power gets t- turned around. I don't know. It's tough. The more I've watched it, I don't, I'm still not going to fault anybody. I think Will came in with way too much steam and probably still could have made that pass without driving it in that deep in the corner and allowing Dixon to cross him. I, it's tough. And then I do feel like Dixon probably could have given him a little bit more room. Therefore, and like I told all my buddies who want to play the blame game, that was a racing thing in my eyes. I don't see it any other way. Um, it just It is what it is. Just That's just how it worked out. Um, but the rest of the race was just kind of a normal... IndyCar race, you know, we had some overtaking, Award and Grosjean from the back, both finished in the top 10. Grosjean started 17th, and I think Award was 18th, and they they drove into the top 10. That was big for Award to do that, um, big for Grosjean to do that as well. Um, that was a good, good, solid performance for him. Um, as I've said, they're both in my, my top five for a reason. Um, but overall, great experience. I was really, really happy with the track. Um, I think it's for the money that I paid to go, it's well worth the show and well worth the drive. I drove four hours from the Indianapolis area to be there and, um, yeah, I do it all over again was definitely worth the trip. So, um, coming up the rest of this month, before we get back going with IndyCar, we have a great week of racing coming up. One of my favorite weeks of racing in the Midwest and of the summer. And it is USAC indiana sprint week coming up here at the end of july i am hoping to be at almost every race um flow racing might be the decision um on a couple of them that are a little further away on work nights but for sure we'll be at kokomo gas city lawrenceburg most likely going to be at Terre haute possibly putnamville that's another one it's like it's just it's kind of in the wrong side of 
traffic uh, after work hours, so it's it's tough to get to. So we'll see. But looking forward to po- all those races. Um, and they've upped the purse. They've upped the championship for Sprint Week. It's going to be a good week of racing. Would highly recommend tuning in or heading out to one of the tracks if you are in the area. So that's coming up in July. Nashville, I was going to go to the Nashville Street Race. Um, I think right now I'm leaning on not going just because it's it's kind of unknown. And, um, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm undecided on it still, but I think it's going to be really kind of a wild race. Um, to see how everything plays out, but I don't know. It's it's weird looking at the track layout, kind of on Google Maps, and seeing kind of how everything's supposed to work. And it's either going to be really good, or it's it's going to be kind of a sleeper. So I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a great event. It's good for IndyCar. It's good for the city of Nashville. So we'll see how that goes. And then I will be at IMS for the double header weekend. Not sure about the cup race for sure yet, but I'm going to be at the IndyCar and Xfinity race on that Saturday. And the following weekend, we'll be headed to Gateway um, for that race, which is going to be awesome. So busy next couple of weeks. August is going to be insane. We also have Kokomo Smackdown at the end of August, which is another great non-wing sprint car show um, that everybody should tune into on either Flow Racing or go to the racetrack yourself because you will not be disappointed for the money that you spend um, I've plugged a lot of sprint car racing in this episode, but we all love sprint car racing, so why not plug it more? So all that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in again, expect some couple episodes, um, just kind of throwing this one together real last second. I uh, just kind of decided to do it. Um, but expect a couple more episodes before we get to the Nashville race, uh, one on silly season, probably talk about Indiana sprint week a little bit more, um and we'll just touch on whatever comes out of everything but um wanted to wrap this episode up um try to keep it under 20 minutes but did want to put this in at the end um want to wish robin miller um all the best and in his battle with health issues right now um robin is a big reason why i became so passionate about the ins and outs of motorsports i rode into the mailbag for the first time i believe as a freshman in high school, um, sitting in study hall, decided to send the email to the Robin Miller mailbag that I read every week. I mean, I, I've read the mailbag for years. Um, and he replied and put it on there. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I've wrote in many, many, many times. And I've emailed with Robin back and forth on things. Robin's given me a ton of great advice, um, on kind of the motorsports industry, where the industry's headed, what it looks like. Um, and he's given me a lot of knowledge that, he really didn't have to take the time to, to share with me, but he did. So um, I will always be thankful for, even though they were all digital interactions, I ran into him once at the memorabilia show out at IMS, but I will always be very, very thankful for everything that Robin Miller um, has done for the motorsports community and everything that he's done um, just to, to go above and beyond to, um, you know, give me every possible bit of information he could. So, Wishing RM all the best, um, total legend, total badass, um, looking forward to hopefully hearing from him again soon, but until then, we hope he gets healthy, um, and back on track because we need that guy. We like that guy a lot. So yeah, again, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode and I will catch you guys in the next one to talk about IndyCar silly season.